Venivores, a podcast about hunting for people who don't hunt, or haven't hunted, or haven't hunted much, want to learn, or want to learn. Feel that tingling in the back of my neck. You have to be there. You have to be there. You, you don't know it at the time, yeah. you know, but it sticks with you all your life. And you you don't experience those things unless you are a hunter. This is the new Venivores podcast about hunting for people who don't hunt or want to know more about hunting or are interested in hunting and don't really know where to start, um, who want to learn more, who, where we seek to uh, put my experiences as a new hunter out there in the world for people to, to use in their own way to make it easier and more accessible for them. And uh, I'm Tony Martinson here with... Adam Miller, uh, who is more of an experienced hunter that is speaking from his perspective. And our whole aim is to recruit, engage and keep new hunters and old and people who have been around for a while, keep them engaged. So, uh, is we also go fishing and talk about that sometimes too, which we're going to do here soon, soon. We're going to do here soon. yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting pretty excited about that. That's a lot of, that's a good fun. Yeah. We got the ice house out. I had a pretty successful first weekend out there, and I just cooked with some of our crappies tonight. So Nice. Yeah, our traditional New Year's family fishing and cabin extravaganza. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Three days of unmitigated chaos. With, Three days, yeah. With like four families with multiple young kids running around. Everyone has kids now, so. <laughs> but it's fun. I'm sure this is going to go really well. <laughs> It'll be uh, shout out to Jeffrey and his uh, fatherhood skills that are beyond anything that I could ever hope for as far as daycare goes. Worst comes to worst, Jeffrey will take the kids. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> so this week you had something you wanted to talk about. What do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? Well, sir, what uh... – well, first of all, did uh, you didn't get a deer this year, did you? I did not get a deer this year, no. Uh, I have a, in the place where a previous guest, Caitlin, and her parents have been nice enough to invite me uh, back year after year to go hunting. Uh, we had a short time frame for our gun season. I am not yet a bow hunter, so it's pretty much Sunday through Tuesday or Wednesday of opening weekend here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was windy and like that cold windy rain on us the whole time so our weather was not ideal for sitting in a tree stand and waiting for deer to wander by so it just didn't work out for us this year but that happens yeah that's uh that's kind of the case you know when they when weather gets like that it takes them more energy to burn you know to move around like you guys don't want to be out there they don't want to be out there you know so lesson learned there but you know when you you go when you got to go you know for sure and i had some heroic stints in the stand um but and i the only thing i saw was two what i think were big does because their land butts up against some public land and Mm -hmm. uh i saw what i think are two big does way way off through the trees i was actually pretty proud of my spotting skills even seeing them 
um, and I saw them way out there, and they were moving pretty quick, and they came off of that public land and then uh, turned away from me. I saw through a gap in the trees. I saw them twice through two gaps in the trees, and they were 200-plus yards away through thick woods. So that's it. Couldn't make a yeah. shot. But it's nice to be out there. Lots of grouse, lots of squirrels, a couple of turkeys. You have to bring the shoddy. Nothing. You have to bring the shoddy with and whack one of them grouse, man. Have you ever had? You ever had rough grouse? Yes. It is fantastic. <laughs> that is uh, that is one of the. I'm sure we'll talk about it, uh, but that is one of the things that I find around here it would be fairly accessible to find some good spots. I didn't uh, have and make the time for it this fall, but that's one of the mm-hmm. things that I want to get more into around these parts here. Yeah, I get that. Grouse. So. Right. Yeah, I'll just bring two guns and a bow up there and <laughs> sit and stand <laughs> with everything. Uh, I'm, I'm not a muzzle. I'm not a muzzle loader hunter either. And in fact, we have a old family story. My dad, uh, Pertnier, blew his left hand off with a muzzle loader um, in before I was born. Probably late '70s, before my brother was born too. Late '70s. So I'm sure times were different and have changed since then. But uh, <laughs> I had the fear God put into me about muzzle loaders when I was a kid. So I'm hesitant to uh, widen my opportunity to take home deer by getting into muzzle loading also. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that story grew from what actually happened through all the way to legend, I'm sure. So, uh, you know, you remember your memories, you don't remember the actual event. So I don't, by the time I got to it, I'm not sure about what actually happened, but, Right. The bones are the same and it still scares me. So, <laughs> uh, did you get a deer? I did. Mm. Um, I, I didn't, I ended up eating my rifle tag, unfortunately. Yep. Tags um, for both of us on that rifle tag. And that, uh, that's kind of a bummer because that's usually my, my easy mm-hmm. go to fill. I usually put in for a doe tag for, and, and this year was no different just because I want, you know, a, a venison hunter, and usually I can fill a doe tag pretty easily with a rifle. Uh, this is the hardest I've ever hunted for a doe. Um, really? I had op- I had chances. I just flat out missed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just uh, the rifle. It wasn't target panic. I just couldn't. I don't know. I, I haven't been pra- missed your shot or missed your opportunity at a shot. Missed my shot. Really? So just did not practice enough. That's yeah life man so it's so (laughs) you know what can you do you know and then uh yeah anyway so that's what happened but i did end up shooting a buck a small buck uh, um with my uh, with my bow up my folks's place last weekend okay yeah last weekend and I'm getting that cut up this week so that's part of some of my culinary surprise for you this uh coming up so uh up in the stand with your bow when i was out in the ice house on the same weekend yeah so it was a it was a nice night to be out so i know i just got done we just got done posting an episode where i kind of went to town a little bit on ice fishing but i gotta say like that's one of the things that i am getting more of an opportunity to do as far as hunting and fishing is actually ice fishing because we my father-in-law's really into it they bought all the stuff and we have a little bit of a community up there so i know i just Mm kind (laughs) of said how like weird and different ridiculous i think it is but (laughs) it's also something that uh i am finding quite a bit of success with and is uh 
something that I get the most probably opportunity to do. So I just made well, dinner out of uh, a bunch of crappies, like I said. So, well, if you want to continue your seasons, it's especially up here where we have seasons, you yeah. know, that, you know, you have to do things differently, you know, when it gets cold or, you know, you're, I mean, if you, you don't ice fish and you just fish, you're like you're missing out a lot of, you know, sure. probably what, five months worth of fishing in oh, sure. Minnesota. So, for sure, for sure. And we've been lucky enough to find a good, nice, productive spot where, I mean, right. you can pretty well pull a few fish out of there in that golden hour every evening. So, right. I mean, between the three of us, uh, living on black crappies in the state of Minnesota is 10. And between three of us, we pulled out, I call it three. Well, there was four of us. My son was in there. Um, but <laughs> he, I actually started telling him that he had to watch his bobber and, you know, all this stuff. And he's like, Dad, can I watch Netflix on your phone? And I was like, we're fishing and this is important. But then I heard the neighbor leave his fish house and he was blasting ACDC and like his generator was doing the beep, like beeping on the ice next to us. And I was, and I got to think of myself, if he can sit over there and blast ACDC and watch two different football games on the satellite, yes, you can watch Netflix on my phone. <laughs> Just keep an eye on that bobber. That's the different thing about ice fishing is uh, there seems to be a bunch of creature comforts that people have come up with and made possible for themselves. So yes. it is it is absurd a permanent ice house. What all Crazy. people like or something like fifth wheel and then like yeah. you know, like it's it's the limit. I yep. actually went to the ice fishing show in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, this year and. I mean, like, I stand by, like, ice fishing is fun, and I like to do it, but I stand by a lot of the stuff I said on how, like, ridiculous some of the equipment gets. <laughs> like, you could go broke on some of that, and all of it's, like, all of it is some garage logic thing that a guy, like, cut up a couple of five-gallon buckets and maybe, like, a Rubbermaid tote and hitched them together just right to make the perfect little thing for doing just this one thing <laughs> that is yeah. essential in like an ice house. So you don't get slush all over the floor or so you, you know, can drop a, drop a live well down a hole or something like that. It's all just something a guy at some point came up with, which I'm sure is everything, but these are like all mm. very obviously five gallon bucket ish creations. <laughs> I get I it, man. It's awesome. I think it's awesome that people are marketing that, and that's really the way that hunting and fishing stuff is, is somebody saw a need, created one out of necessity, and then mass-produced and marketed it. Oh, I totally get that. I got like a... The Colt and Remington companies are, you know? <laughs> I totally get that. I got like a little wood shelf that I built for mm. my my flip over trap that's like sure. got like a drink holder on it and like a rod sure. holder and yeah. like everything involves the more <laughs> space to sit set your drink or hold your rods <laughs> i got a little like paint like mm -hmm. thing that you hang in a five gallon bucket that like now hangs on my big buddy heater so i can like make hot lunch out there yeah. <laughs> that's so, right that's like right. that can be life-changing if you're freezing Completely balls cold and like a hot meal that changes everything hundred <laughs> percent so, mm -hmm. so definitely so you missed your shot yeah um <laughs> like so missed I, a yeah. queen? I guess that's better just, than than a wounding shot 
Right. Missed clean with my rifles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and actually twice. Uh, different rifles. I, 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 I did take out that old, like, pre-1900 rifle yeah. uh, for the opening weekend. Couldn't get it done with that. And for I was like, you know. Who cares? What exactly is it? It's a Marlin uh, Model 94. Okay. I think I think it was, if I remember right, I think it was made in like 1896. And it's chambered in a 3220. Um, it is pretty. It's a step above a 22, essentially. So you mm-hmm. really got to pick your shot with it. So anyway, couldn't get it done with that. Yeah. So and then just couldn't. And then later, a couple. Well, what happened is I went out last weekend with my bigger rifle and tried to put a stock on a doe um, on the Saturday, and she busted me. I so I tried to shot it on a rest, but it was you know about mm-hmm. a couple hundred yards out, and I, I think I shot over her back. So this is open country yep. spot and stock, like kind of yep. out on prairies. Uh, out in the middle of the state of North Dakota, out there somewhere. I don't want to be yeah, specific, kind of. but uh, it was it was private land. But you know, I got yeah. permission to do it. He said, "Here, sit here." You know, and they didn't quite come as planned, and yeah. so and then yeah, so I had one more day to go on Sunday, but like my like my furnace went out, mm-hmm. and like if you can imagine in North Dakota without a furnace in November, it's like so I spent the like most of the last day of deer season uh, keeping my family warm. So yeah. what can you do? So anyway, still got a bow tag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so went out to my parents place and um i i, I kind of got a, a case of the shanks and uh i hit a deer it wasn't a good shot um i did not recover that deer uh until the next morning and that's better than not at all i, I yeah i did recover it um it, it wasn't great um you know and it's it's kind of what i wanted to talk about tonight is you know that you know what how to deal with a bad shot right. it's um there's it sucks <laughs> it's more common than you might think it is incredibly if you're going to be hunting any length any amount of time um you know if you're taking big game or small game you know small game especially you know you're you're going to at some point lose game mm-hmm. you are going to at some point put a bad hit on an animal and what you do after that kind of defines you know who you are as a hunter and you know and what and the the steps you take to rectify the situation so and incredibly common and something that people don't really talk about that much everyone wants to say yeah it was you know put the perfect stock on it or there i was in my stand i'd been out there since 2.30 2.30 in the morning, hadn't moved a muscle, rattling or grunting, and right. perfect giant buck came walking in, and right in the boiler room, dropped in two seconds. Every, right. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to say, like, she's quartering away on, like, an average-sized doe, and I messed up mm-hmm. the shot, and it ran off, and mm-hmm. I barely found it, you know? Right. Well, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I'm talking with uh, – mm-hmm with the the women you know caitlin and um mm-hmm. you know last time that yeah. michelle caitlin michelle last time that you know even this was not a big buck yeah. a little four corn 
you know, there's a million of them out there. And or whatever. Yeah, and I still get excited, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I still, you know, I, I try to, should. you know, as I should, you know, as if, if that goes away, you know, I'll probably be done hunting. So, you Actually, know? I've heard those old boys that just mm-hmm. take people out now. I've right. More than one say, like, why do you not shoot anymore? And they're like, it just doesn't excite me like it used to. And they find that mm-hmm. excitement in through other people and that's why a lot of guys that decide to just take folks out do that so that you should be excited right you know we can come back to that point later where some people think that's weird or sick that we would enjoy it and like Mm -hmm. well i get plenty of argument for that later but let's move on so you know so i you know i hit this deer and it's as we would say it's 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 far back you know it it's so towards the hind end of the animal towards the hind end of the animal so really what so, you're shooting for is right above mm-hmm. and to the behind of the crick of the elbow like where the, right. where the what would be the elbow where that bends from the shoulder a little bit mm-hmm. above and behind that should be right in the heart right so you know i'm right away i'm thinking i i think i got liver a liver Liver is a, a liver shot's a pretty good shot with a bow or with a rifle. You know, it's it's going to be a, a pretty quick death. You know, it's pretty clean. Put him down pretty quick. So it's like I know. I mean, I have time to watch him. You know, he he lays down, what have you, and uh, you know, I'm just kind of I'm waiting for him to expire. You know, and then it gets it gets dark, and you know, I make my way out of the blind. You know, we. I, I go there and I was, you know, tell my dad, you know, this is where I hit him. He's like, well, let's let's give him a little time. Let's go home, have some dinner. Were you hunting from you know, a ground we'll come blind then? From a ground blind, yep. Okay. So <clears throat> go home, grab dinner. We come back out. You know, it's probably about nine o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I pick up his blood trail. I, I, I figure out where, you know, about where he's going. I go there and we start scanning around. And I'm following blood trail. I'm looking ahead, and you know, I see a set of eyes. And like, I'm like, not good. Shh, not good. He's still, he's still up. Not good. Just you to know. Be, to, for those that are a little less familiar, that's not mm-hmm. good because you've been gone for a couple of hours now, right? Yeah. And if you see eyes, that means he's not dead yet. But if you have blood, trail, right, that means he's been bleeding. He's still, while. he's hit. He's been yeah. shot through, but he's not dead. Right. And oh, my heart sinks. This, yeah. this sucks. I. The last thing. You know, I take. Happen last thing i want i'm like all right well so this is you know where you, you guys start making some decisions right. you don't want to essentially bump the deer was, what how's called is you know he might run for a long time the and then you run you, really far yeah away. yeah there's good you know you, you increase your chance of losing that deer which is all right after a bad shot the last thing you want to, well after a shot right. like that the last thing you want to do is full-on lose the deer right full on so i uh, like all right let's let's back out let's give him a few more hours here you know hopefully we can still recover him tonight so we go back home you Wait, know so i got another that... question so what you did mm-hmm. is you saw those eyes and you just immediately stopped getting just closer. backed out yep backed stopped away. getting closer and just just backed away yep. he's hurt hopefully he lays there until he expires and mm-hmm. go right back to that same spot yep okay yep all right, so I come back out a little after midnight, pick up the spot, pick up the trail. I walk right to where, you know, he was bedded. I found where he's bedded. You know, there's a lot of blood on the ground, you know, that but he was still laying when I walked away. I'm like, crap, he got back up. 
you know. So yeah. I started following him down. He's kind of working a tree row, you know, and you know, all of a sudden I I bump a deer. I'm pretty almost positive as his deer takes off. Yeah. Again, my heart just sinks. Like a lot this, of times you have no idea that that deer is there. I've bumped a lot right. of deer walking pheasants, and you have no idea they're there until they're gone already. They're half right. They're bouncing away. They're gone. Right. Like, all right. At this point, it's like, there's nothing more we can do tonight. You know, it's, we'll go home, get in a night's sleep. We'll come out here first light, bring my bow back out. You know, maybe I can get another arrow in him. If you find him, maybe he'll be dead. I don't know. Yeah. So that's the plan. So that's the plan. We go home, you know, wake up first light, grab a cup of coffee, grab my bow, head out there, pick up the blood trail again, you know, and he didn't make it like another hundred yards and he was laying there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so, well, that's good. He it, didn't make it far. Didn't make it far. Right. So, you know, in retrospect, you know, there, I probably wouldn't, have, in that one, I probably wouldn't have done anything differently. You know, I, you know, wait a couple hours in between he, you know, you know, you you really wanted to recover that that deer that night. It got down to the low teens. You know, he would have been frozen solid if he, you know, if I had let, you know, if he had say died, you know, around nine o'clock, that ain't fine until the next morning. He would have been tough to to clean and what have you. So, um, field dress, right? right? Yep. So you kind of got to make that decision on your own, you know, and it's. You know that, and it it isn't restricted to just archery hunting. This can happen with a rifle too. Sure. You know, and I mean, in fact, I would say it happens probably a higher percentage with archery equipment, mm-hmm. but more overall with a rifle, just because there is more rifle hunters than there is bow hunters. Right. So, you know, so it, and like I said, it's it sucks, and it's. You know, I've, you know, you, you end up hating yourself about it, <laughs> you know, because it's, about it. yeah. you feel off about it. That's not what you're out there to do. You know, you want, you know, you're, you're out there to make, you know, quick, clean kills, you know, to, you know, for the best taste in venison you can get, you know, and for, so you don't want that animal to go through any more pain than mm. what is necessary to, you know, complete the task at hand, you know, to, so now is it true that the stress hormones along with a longer death like that could is it the stress hormones that taste taint the quality of the meat or is it a bunch of internal bleeding or is it both it, it, potential of both okay. um i know that and this is especially true for guys that drive deer um yeah. when they're running real hard and you mm-hmm. know and they get that lactic acid buildup oh, and they're you know, just like humans do, and we're working hard, tired. You know, your your muscles get fatigued. Mm-hmm. You know, they tighten it up real bad. You know, a, a deer can get that way too. You know, so if they get that huge adrenaline rush, yeah, you know, that can do it. So you know, that's kind of one of the things where. So like that's another reason. It's all rutted up when you take it. Yeah, it's gonna taste different than a. Easy you know, I've. Dough. I've shot some rutted bucks actually, and some of those were some of the mild, most mild flavored deer I've ever had. And but those were, you know, boom flop shots. Yeah. Like he never took another step, yeah. you know, type deal. So, you know, this one, um, the meat still all smelled really good. Just 
clean, you know, so it, uh, everything's going to be fine with him, you know. So, so you think but he it, made it out the night and didn't freeze solid? Was he still pretty warm at least or not frozen when yeah. we got to him? Yeah. So that's good. You, you know, it's time right at least when he walked up on him then. Right. So, you know, it's the hardest thing in the world is to forgive yourself. You know, there's no in this. I think this is universal for everyone is that there's no one harder on you than you, generally speaking. You know, so, you know, I think there's few exceptions to that in life. You know, it's yours. So people get so into their own heads about what they feel, what other people think, you know, what they're. You know, I, I can promise you, folks, 99% of the population goes to bed worrying about themselves, not worried about somebody else. There's so, a psychological uh, concept mm-hmm. around that that I learned in my fancy college learning called uh, mm-hmm. the own self bias. You mm-hmm. put so much more thought into what you think other people think about you right. than what other people actually think about you. Right. You know, so... You know, and now, now going forward, I'm just I'm worried that my I'm in my own head. You know right. that, um, unfortunately, this is not the first. You know, it's been a few years, but this is not the first time I've made a bad shot yeah. with my bow. And it for me, it's not a practicing. I practice a lot, and yeah. with my bow, way more than with my rifle. And you know, so this. So what I'm going to try to compensate with it with this winter is I'm going to join a competitive league for oh, archery, yeah. you know, to try and simulate that extra pressure a little for bit sure, through, sure. through competition, you know, to, you know, cause I, rem- I remember this, the shot distinctly every moment of it, mm-hmm. like, all right, Adam, draws, you know, find your anchor points, find the spot on the deer, you know, same pattern you do every time, the, so every similar, time, right. You know, getting that target panic. Yep. You know, follow through, you know, and, you know, but, you know, it's Breathe, light touch. Right. Yeah. Light touch on the trigger. And um, I rarely, rarely hunt out of ground blinds. I don't know if that was it that I had is different than I was because mm-hmm. I was in a sitting position, you know, or rather, you know, so it's all things, that, you know, it's really easy to Monday morning quarterback that. Right. And you know, over every yeah. bit of the minutia involved mm. and really just pick your own self apart about what went wrong. <laughs> right. And to some extent, it, that's probably not bad. So you can find it, remedy it, make a plan and, and fix it for next time. But you can mm-hmm. easily go too far on that easily. and really give yourself uh, what golfers call the yips over the situation <laughs> if you're not careful. The yips, the shanks, the yeah. whatever you want to call it, you know, so... Um, I'm, I'm definitely not done bow hunting. I'm still going to be archery hunting, mm. you know, next, next year, you know, and it, I mean, there's just, yeah, you know, well, you got to get over it. it. You got to get over <laughs> it, you know, and I got to tell you, there's nobody in the, on the planet better at it than my dad. Get God, he get, well, he just to the point now where he's just so laid back and relaxed about everything. Like he's not. He's not in his own head, so he doesn't make those mistakes. He's just the most natural, fluid hunter, bow hunter I've ever seen. You know, it's just in it. But, I mean, he's also the luxury of age and experience. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It definitely is. You know, so he's probably got a lot of the rest of his life sorted out. He's on, you know, got it figured in a lot of ways. So 
He's got oh, no you mean, other stresses in his head. Oh, you mean my five-year-old and my two-year-old? Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> while I'm also trying to close on a business deal and all this. Yeah, yeah, totally not stressed about anything. above afloat, you know, all that stuff. The marriage is um, the easy part. <laughs> uh, I've heard uh, old Uncle Ted talking mm. about archery, and I understand he's a divisive figure, but uh, I've heard that he said that the problem with archery is that everyone has too many minds and you can't quiet all of them at the same time in order to make that nice shot. Yeah, it might be so. Seems um, to be a lot more. Uh, I'm Again, I haven't shot a, my dad was a bow hunter mm-hmm. uh, way back in the day. Again, probably uh, my guess would be before he almost blew his hand off with a muscle loader, but he was an <laughs> archery. He was a bow hunter and an old bear bow. I actually have it down here in my basement but uh uh and he got us bows when we were kids i had a little 15 pound bear bow with target tips on it when i was probably mm-hmm. uh in early mid grade school but i haven't shot a bow since then so i'm not a bow hunter but it seems to be a lot more meditative than getting out there with uh a gun making things go bang and that has all the same elements but Archery seems to have a lot more variables than you right there. <laughs> the stupid, like stretchy string just like broke. Oh, uh, they call so, it elastic. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's like a string, yeah. and it just flat out broke on your mic stand for, there. On my mic stand for no reason at all. Well, so my mic settled. Amazon special it. on that. It still sounds good. <laughs> Uh, for everybody that is we're constantly trying to improve our setup here so uh, I don't have to drive hours to be in the same room Uh, I'm under a blanket in my basement on a condenser mic trying to dampen all the sound and Miller's in his basement and we're on Skype and he got a new rig and apparently part of it had a little bit of a come apart on his his recording rig there I can't believe this $35 $35 microphone from China just up and like just up and let go like that sounds pretty good <laughs> for the $35 Amazon special but no. as I gather uh, as I gather archery is a lot more meditative and you gotta get your mind right in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to do it with a bow rather than a gun and I don't want to oversell it that it takes some sort of Zen master. Right. You know? A lot of people do. A lot right. of people do. Um, mm. But there's a lot more mechanics and repetition, and uh, it, it just uh, it seems like it's easier to get in your head about that. And it's less forgiving, you know. As I've, you know, it it you just compound bow, right? Not a trad. Bow. I do. Yep, yep. I, I do want to build a trad bow one of these days, and I don't know if he's, but it'd be just be fun to have. So a guy who knows a guy who builds them here in Minnesota. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, there's still guys that too. he makes them in his so, house. Used to be a teacher. Yeah. Well, there's guys that a lot of those trad bow guys. It's it's not necessarily that they're trying to stick to tradition. Some guys feel it's it is truly a superior hunting weapon. Right because it is a more instinctive shooting right. than it is, you know, with there's so many little doohickeys, you oh, know, man. things for, for a compound ball that you can get these days that supposedly make you a better shot. There's you know, also variables in a complicated, right. complex pattern. Right. 
you know, so what, you know, when you're shooting a trad bow, and I've done a, a little bit. Yeah. You know, so I've done it very, very little, but it's, I mean, everything is, you're basically staring at your target where you want your arrow to go, and you're, as you're drawing back, and this should take you no more than like two or three seconds, and the time you reach, hit your release point, you're letting go. Like, there's no grab, hold, you know, wait, 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 make sure everything's lined up, wait for the deer to take its, to stop or whatever. It's just, it's just pull back and, you know, and it's, yeah. it's fast, you know, because and mm-hmm. for those that don't listen to, or that don't know, uh, compound bow is what has all sorts of, it has pulleys on it. So essentially the concept is when you draw it back, it has, are those cams on the end of the arms that rotate out. So it makes it easier to hold and place your shot mm-hmm. better when you're at full draw, mm-hmm. but it yep. also has sights and arrow rests and all sorts of things that I really don't know much about to mm-hmm. make it accurate, faster, better velocity, harder mm-hmm. punch, uh, and give you more distance. Essentially everything's about trying to have a more accurate shot at a better distance. Right. I would, assume well it's a more accurate shot and you know with with the archery uh new bows especially speed is what sells but honestly you reach a point of diminishing returns like they're the newest bow that they have doesn't kill anything anything any deader than mine that's now 11 years old you know and you know that's the one I'm still shooting because it's it, it's everything and more that I need. Yeah. So you know I don't I'm not one of those guys that turns in my bow every year to get the new flagship model. You know some guys do, but you know and, and that more power to them. But it's just yeah I get I found one I'm comfortable with and I continue to shoot it. So yeah, and then so. that traditional bow then is what you would when you think of a bow and an mm-hmm. arrow that's what it would be. It's the straight stick. It doesn't have the cams that roll over. It's mm-hmm. got just a arrow or, or a, a string and an arrow rest and you just pull it back and draw and the harder you pull it back, the harder it shoots the arrow and the harder it is to hold back. Uh, yeah, essentially, you know, with a max point, you know, is you can only draw it back. You don't want it tucked behind your ear, you know, yeah. so when you, so, um, there's a, you know, all kinds of resources out there for that. Yeah. I, I'm not going to speak a whole lot well, to I'm just trying to explain the book, difference but, between yep. the two. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I was last shot a bow, I, uh, it was the, this compound bow that I have that was my dad's or the one I grew up with was essentially didn't have any of the other stuff on it. It had the knock on the mm-hmm. string and the cams on the end to roll over just to make mm-hmm. it easier to hold. But the aiming was essentially the same. I don't know if you call that open sights on a bow like you do on a gun, but it was essentially the same. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say that. Down the <laughs> shaft and you know mm-hmm. have your eye on the target more on your arrow and. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that. that's about the same. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, um, yeah, you kind of got to find a way that you like and don't. I guess my recommendation would be able, you know find something you're comfortable with a system and then don't change a lot you know because <laughs> you know the more repetition you get in that one thing you know the better you're going to get at it so and that's your that'd idea be... to remedy the for the next year what mm-hmm. was maybe not uh 
the ideal experience this year when it comes to that is right. in competition a little bit and see what you can do to mm-hmm. sharpen that up under pressure a little bit more. Right. Well, it's yeah, it, it it's impossible to completely you know mimic that you know because you you know it's you get that heart race going you get that you know and, and like i said i get this with when i'm shooting at a doe or a spike buck or is there shooting at a you know a, you know a, a you know a big old four by four i get the same way you know so to me it's about you know the the animal you know it's not just it's about a animal not just about you know any animal or or maybe not explain that well but any case so i'm hoping that like i can at least get close with like okay adam you you make this shot you know you you know you place in the state tournament whatever you know so you know i know it won't be the same but hopefully it'll be you know it'll keep me shooting even more and you know it'll be you know so it's uh, it's gonna it's how i'm going to attempt to mitigate some target panic here so um or even just case of the shanks like you said right i've heard of people Mm -hmm. getting that with bird hunting like Mm -hmm. in in, on a day outing right you're Mm -hmm. your buddies bird comes up you make a shot you don't Mm -hmm. don't make a shot maybe your buddies are ribbing you a little bit about it Mm -hmm. it's easy to get in your head you know and the best thing you can do as with anything is to just stay calm Every time mm-hmm. there's a new opportunity, don't get in your head about it, which is like even saying that like makes mm-hmm. me crawl right up into my head. Right yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh... shotgunning is a whole different thing, you know, that, right. you, you know, really you fall don't... into a pattern of getting yeah. hard on yourself for missing and making it miss you miss yeah. more when you're shotgunning when yeah. shooting. You don't, you don't aim, you know, you're, you're pointing, you're falling, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just, and it's, it's the weirdest thing, especially for me and especially with pheasants yeah. and it's like, I'll get some, they'll get up at my feet and I'm just like, well, you got to make sure they get out there little ways so you don't just completely blow them apart. And then like, they'll get out there and boom, 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 miss three times. And like, then you're embarrassed. Right. <laughs> like, how did I do this? These are going. Why'd you wait forever to take a shot at that? Jeez, take like, forever and you still can't make it with three shots. You know, yeah. like it's all like, well, I didn't, friends. I didn't want, yeah, I didn't want mince meat, right. you know, you know, and then the next bird will get up, you know, like 40 yards out there and I'll put up again. I'll just do a beautiful swing and I'll just drop it and it'll just land dead. And you're just, you know, you have the golden BB. Mm-hmm. So I, I just cannot completely explain <laughs> you know like i just my my recipe for shotgunning is since i'm not a great wing shot is just to shoot often right. <laughs> shoot a lot it's you know in the air right <laughs> yeah gonna, i mean it's you know i i pick my shots you know but i kind of treat it as like i'm you know i've already paid for the shell right. you know it doesn't pay to take it out to the slough and then take it back right. <laughs> you know so <laughs> Shotgunning is a lot less of a, is a lot more of an imprecise science than what I would understand bow hunting to be. Right. So. Well, I've kind of gotten, I've ex- experimented more with that, and I realize, you know, the shots that I was missing, you know, if you don't ever, 
change, you know, while you're doing something wrong, you're just going to keep doing it wrong, right. you know? So like this year I started playing around with, okay, I bet I'm behind these birds. So I like started focusing really heavily, especially with like these early season teal that come in just like fighter planes and just mm-hmm. low and you got to swing so fast. I'm like, I would wait till I was way ahead of the bird, you know, or, or you know, about, yeah. a, about the head of the bird and I'm still swinging by it before i'd pull you know and boom splash you know it's like it's like okay you know i figured it out i'm you know when i Mm -hmm. thought i was right on you're right on the bird you know you were missing by feet (laughs) you know behind him so um you know that helped me out you know come late november we kind of or not in late november early november i we me and a couple buddies stumbled into our last water hunt of the year with uh, a diver hunt that that we were not expecting and end up shooting just a gorgeous buffalo head that uh tend to that it's at the taxidermist now and it was the same deal you know that i you know it came if you've ever hunted divers it or if you haven't let me explain it to you you know they come in generally speaking low right off the deck i mean they're basically skimming the water they almost sound like fighter jets and they're just they are moving you know so we were mostly um um getting uh bluebills through the day and like they were coming in so hard and fast when we hit them, you know, they literally skip across the water. They bounce, they <laughs> pop, you know, yeah, you, know? you got to lead them quite a bit then. Oh, you got to be way out in front. So, you know, and then a, a buffalo head is, uh, you know, very, you know, is another diver bird that, you know, comes in like that too. And it just swung through, you know, and both me and my cousin shot on it. But at the same time, we're actually not a hundred percent certain who hit it. You know, I think we went, we both did probably and but it's um you know just a gorgeous 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 bird and i you know i can't wait to, to have that you know i'm always going to remember that hunt but you yeah. know it's a beautiful bird and you know i any you know when i get that hung up and i'm down here in the uh our basement den here you know it's going to be just a, a wonderful piece that uh um always let me you know remember every moment of that hunt so sure. that's what I'm about it so that's the same that's the same thing every time i've ever been clay shooting or whatever having troubles with my shotgunning which mm-hmm. um i've probably done the most practice straight mm-hmm. rifle shooting and shotgunning um and just in life in general whenever i've been missing a lot that mm-hmm. is 100 percent of the time my problem is i was behind my target yep every time yep Generally speaking, that's what you're doing. Yeah, because <laughs> it's you're either I, I was either behind it or above it, or both. Mm-hmm. Right, and some of that you know you can correct with your 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 fit of your shotgun. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you need to have somebody that really knows them to 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 you know kind of help you with that. I can't do it over, mm-hmm. uh, over you know without physically seeing you do it. But it's um, fit is a huge. As everyone else, eight seventy magnum. <laughs> Right. Well, that's the problem. Is like they've made ten millions eight seventies, but everyone's a little bit different, and they're right. you right. know. So, you know, you either need to kind of fit your shotgun to you, or or figure out why you know. Your shotgun or aim it exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, figure out where but, that thing you know, shoots and aim it in the right place. 
so you know even so anyway to, to get back kind of on track with that is like right. with with small game you know i i promise you you're going to lose birds yeah at some point uh in the dog or not you know in in um especially you know duck hunting you know this is why you really got to pick your shots when you're out in the water Mm -hmm. uh you know it might land somewhere you physically cannot get to you know it might or it might land in reeds that are you know three feet above your head you know and you're trying to find a little pound and a half duck Right. You know, and it's so you really got to pick your shots and hope, you know, and, and plan on where you want that bird to splash down in front of you. So, but you, thick, man. oh, yeah, you know, and it's, and it's some of that, you know, your dog's, you know, the bird's not leaving a trail as it no. falls out of the sky. So your dog's not going to find it anyway, right. you know, or, or it's going to have a hard time finding it. So, you know, and that's one of those things, you know, in North Dakota, uh, well, let's just put you know some of that becomes it becomes an ethical thing right. or morality thing that like um you know if i think that i generally speaking if i hit a bird and it's and i know it's dead that's i usually count that against my limit right. you know you know and just recovered or not is what you're saying reco- recovered or not you know unless unless that bird f- flew away you know and it's, it's like oh maybe i didn't even hit it you know type deal it's kind of like yeah. you know you know, and, you know everyone needs to kind of make that decision on their own you know i'm not going to tell you one way or another, and i'm not going to judge you one way or the other on it you know if that's the the one and only day you get to go and you're just like gotta you know like to have my ducks you know i lost one you know early today with limit six i could shoot one you know i'm not gonna hold that against you you know that that something nothing ever goes to waste you know something's still gonna find and eat that that duck right. you know so you but you do kind of you know you know you, you, have your own you know moral compass on that and stick to it you know so it's when it comes to that type of situation you know but if i mean if you're you know don't equate your moral compass for you know limit six and you shot seven (laughs) you know she'll call them seven ducks that's a different story you know right right so um there's a name for that (laughs) (laughs) um although i would not be surprised and I'm fairly sure that is the most, uh, especially with probably birds and fish, that is probably the most broken law or rule in hunting and fishing in general is that, I would think. Oh, oh taking home more than right over your limit? Probably. Um, I've never actually looked at statistics, but that's probably a common one. I mean, fishing with... unreported, unknown, uncaught, you know. Oh, don't yeah. Caught for it. Yeah, fishing without a license—that's a big one. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, you know, and I got to tell you, I mean, people are watching. You know, right. if you know, if you're out there blatantly poaching, you know, your days are numbered. Yeah. So you're gonna be caught. You know, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Like somebody's gonna figure you out sometime. So, and, and I hope, and I hope it does happen to you. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Because you're yeah. you're stealing resources from all of us. Yeah, it's everyone's. We all right. own it, just like the land. We all own the wildlife too. Right. So. So. Bad shots happen, man. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, it can even happen with. I mean, I feel bad when it happens to a deep hook on a fish. You know. Right. <laughs> like. 
it's same thing, but dealing with those is part of the game, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Game, part of the activity. It's part of what, I mean, right. like you say, you put enough time out there, you take enough shots at stuff. One of them's, they're, they're not all going to be perfect. And some of them are going to be flat out bad. Well, and I want to, you know, you know, and I keep telling people, you know, we've talked about this before is that man is just another predator and you are not the perfect predator. There's, you know, we, there's, you know, like tools, but you're still not. Yeah. Yeah. There's animals out there that have to be better predators than you and they're not perfect predators. You know, there is, you know, you watch any nature show, there is, you know, Animals that get away from a lion, from a wolf, mm-hmm. from a coyote. They got their hamstrings ripped out or, you know, and those animals are going to go on and some might make it, but a lot of them are going to be, they're going to die of blood loss, infection, something later, you know, and it, it's a kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a thing about, it's a way of nature, you know, and it's, it sucks to watch. No one should like to watch that happen but it does happen you know sure. you know every living thing with very few exceptions is eventually going to die most of it most everything does not die well <laughs> oh. well yeah. i get it i was like i so, mean philosophically yeah. i think every living thing well <laughs> right yeah frame, but most of it is gonna suck yeah most of it is gonna suck you know and so it's, you know, it's our responsibility to make it essentially as painless as possible and, mm-hmm. you know, to follow through as best we can when, you know, something goes wrong. Yeah. And, um, you know, you do that, you follow through, you know, um, you know, do your absolute damnedest to recover that and you can hold your head high, man. And right. it's, you know, it, like I said, it does, it's not something most people don't want to talk about, you know, but it's, you know, one thing that we, you know, I think we've strived about this podcast is to be upfront with these people, sure. you know, everyone so they know what's happening, what's, you know, or what's going to happen, yeah. you know, targeting so, people that are less familiar getting started, mm-hmm. which we are, we're trying to be as upfront with as possible about mm-hmm. what to expect. And this is one of those realities. Right. You know, I hope this something, a discussion like this doesn't scare you off if you are interested, you know, but if, you know, if this is the thing that, that does, then, um, yeah, man, I mean, maybe hunting isn't for you, you know, you know, I don't, I mean, that might, it's going to be a tough reality, you know, so, and it's, I don't want to set you up for something that, you know, you can't handle. Right. You know, I, I think, you know, that any adult probably can, but maybe, you know, if, if they'll find a way to, 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 to work through it, I would hope. But, right. you know, if, if you can't, then, I mean, I don't take the risk. So. Right. right. And I mean, hunting is hard. It is. It's not, <laughs> I mean, we've said it before. It's not a, you know, Billy Ray's outdoors, twanging country with the 27 pointer that just walks right up out of nowhere on the first day mm-hmm. while you're sipping coffee and you squeeze off around and high five. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not always that it's a lot of work and hopefully part of what is making people interested. Well, I know part of what is making people interested and in getting out there and, mm-hmm. and, and doing participating in hunting, fishing and outdoorsmanship is 
pulling up your boots a little bit and taking care of business and really mm-hmm. kind of toughing through some stuff that's, I mean, you're going to be cold, <laughs> you're going to be hungry, mm-hmm. you're going to be bored, you're going to be uncomfortable, and toughing through that for the reward is a big part of, uh, I think, the attraction. It definitely is for me. So mm-hmm. if you're going to tough through that, uh, I have every faith in anyone out there's ability to tough through and figure out and remedy maybe some of the less desirable aspects, especially the risk of making a bad shot. And there's absolutely mm-hmm. things you can do to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Like, as we've said before, we've gone on and on about it. Practice, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how to get to Carnegie Hall, right? Is practice. And kick. when something like that happens, you make a plan to fix it, right? Just like everything mm-hmm. else in life. Something doesn't work the way you want it to. You make a plan and you fix it. Because, I mean, with rifle hunting, I, I'm i guilty of this more than I would like to admit, is that's the one that I think is the easiest to forget to practice about. Because, I mean, you go to the range, you put some of your targets down there, bang, 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 you look at them, you got a nice little group, test it out, bang, 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 you look at them, you got a nice little group. It's easy then to be like, yeah, she's sighted in and I'm dead on. Time to go home, you know? <laughs> but the best thing you can do is put rounds through whatever it is that is your weapon of choice so that you can be familiar and comfortable and stay familiar and comfortable when there's more pressure on the line than sitting in a shooting range with mm-hmm. conditions. So... Indeed. Um, I want to touch on another thing, too. Uh, that is to say, it you don't want to become, and Michelle touched on this last time, or uh, a couple of, last time we recorded, uh, you don't want to become too comfortable because you are always dealing with uh, a firearm of some kind. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that practicing will make you good at is it will turn those fundamentals of gun safety and firearm safety into second nature. You should always think about them, but it'll give you an opportunity to practice that as well. Um, cause it happens to anyone can get caught on that. All it takes is just the tiniest little oversight, a slip here, a fall there. So just be careful. And when you're practicing, make sure uh, I want to bring that up. Shout out to Jake out in Wyoming. He shared a heartbreaking video of a guy who'd been in hunting his whole life and had an accident. And it can happen, so be careful. Use your tra- your your practicing as an opportunity for practicing safety as well. That's right. Uh, so that's one of the sides that a lot of people don't talk about and is kind of hard to deal with is that tough shot. Um, but and fix it and come back around to it uh, and get over it. Don't get too far in your head and make a plan and go forth and conquer, right? That's right, man. Life will go on. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you got you got your deer, your bow, your, with your bow. You got mm-hmm. out on some ducks pretty good. Did you get much pheasant hunting in this year? Didn't go a single time. Didn't go a single time? I didn't either. Uh, the There's a new little one involved in the family's where I have gone in the past and he's a listener too, but, uh, that made it so they didn't really, so he didn't make it out there. 
Um, and another thing I want to talk about that as much as I've talked about in the last year that you got to make a plan and, you know, really do your research and educate yourself and get involved in all that stuff. Life happens and, uh, it's hard to make the time. Like even you're saying right now, a guy who's a pretty avid hunter as I've known you, um, it's hard to make the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I was saying before, I, I got out deer hunting. I've been doing some more fishing. I was going to get out duck hunting and found that to be a world that I am entirely unprepared and unfamiliar with <laughs> to just go try it out. Uh, there's a lot of different kinds of ducks out there, so I need to uh, figure out more about that in the next year or so um, and continue to try and educate myself on that. Um, also, I know it doesn't necessarily have to be, but that uh, slew jumping was a little bit different story than posting up on a body of water in Minnesota with decoys and calls and a retrieve <laughs> and all that stuff. Turns out I was like, huh, I need this and I could use this and I could use that to be successful. It's different than just walking up on them just right. So uh, regroup, adapt, improvise, and overcome on that one for the next year. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope you figure it out, man. Cause like decoying birds over water or, yeah. or in a field is like, like I love my, my two favorite things are, um, archery hunting, big game yep. and, and waterfall, you know? Right. So, I mean, it's like speaking the language, calling them in. That is the best thing. So turns out up until now, I am more of a, rifle deer uh upland bird and fair weather fisherman but i really want to uh well in the next year i want to do a couple of new species at least at least get into some turkeys or get out on some winter shooting coyotes or rabbits or whatever and i want to find some places around here walk in access for rough grouse i want to do that um because we talk a lot about being generalists as well but each one of these, and that's great. That's the best way to keep yourself active. And there's something to hunt literally year round to hunt fish, whatever. There's probably more than enough. Uh, but each one of these individual species is like a world unto itself with fanatical levels of people that are involved. And it's like full on their thing. There are people who <laughs> love turkey hunting or love coyote hunting or whatever. So they're deep worlds, every single one of these things. So um, it's a process. If you're new, uh, don't get discouraged and stay after it because I had big plans and I didn't really get to do a bunch of them, but there's always next year, and that's part of that, making a plan and doing it better next time, just a little bit better next time, every time. Pretty soon everything will be great. <laughs> so there's your little pep talk <laughs> right after the season uh so yeah going fishing next we're gonna do some recording on the ice house i think that'd be awesome that will be awesome so, live so, from the ice house 2000 it'll be 2018 still so we'll just be hung over driving home on the, <laughs> the first so yeah. happy new year's so right uh, so uh just like always like i said get out there and educate yourself uh at least do a lot of reading about stuff and you know 
contact your state game and fish or wildlife management agencies. They have all sorts of resources. A lot of them have really well put together websites uh, that have all sorts of information about whatever you could want to know about. And that's a great place to start. Uh, game specific organizations, you know, the Wild Turkey Federation, Ducks Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, Quality Deer Management Associations, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, all of them. They all have programs and information and would absolutely love to be contacted by somebody who is new to hunting and fishing because that is the name of our game and everyone's game is getting people new involved and keeping people involved uh, that are experienced as well. Um, if you're experienced and you're listening to this, reach out to somebody that you think might be interested. Help them get started. Be a mentor. Because another thing I read recently, too, is taking somebody hunting one time is not going to make new hunters and fishermen. And Probably not, something. no. It takes – I saw that it uh, – this is, I think, on Outdoor Life or something like that. Uh, I think Boone and Crockett Club shared it as well. It's a solid two-year-plus commitment season in and season out to get a person truly involved and up and running in hunting, fishing, and general outdoorsmanship. So really, if you're experienced and you're listening to this, reach out to some people and get some new people out there. Uh, do what you need to do to, I mean, make time in your life for it. I get it. <laughs> I got kids. We got kids. It's tough, but it's worth it. So Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, uh, thanks to Craig Minowa and Cloud Cult for letting us use the song Running with the Wolves as the intro and outro to our program. Sharpen your teeth, dig deep. Cubicles and little flaming pies